This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca, and I told you I'd try to get him in Vegas. And listen, it's tough to locate people in Vegas. But we were able to narrow down the location of E.J. Raddick, and it's at the practice facility for the Vegas Golden Knights as they get ready for their debut at home, sporting a 2-0 record. Not bad for an expansion team. It's E.J. Raddick. How are you, buddy? I'm great, Don. How you doing, man? All right. First time since first time since the Kings that we've seen an expansion team win their first two games. And that's kind of skewed because there were six expansion teams that year and they're all in the same division. But really, it's been the James Neal show, and it's been fun watching this team uh, get off to a great start. But uh, probably not the opener that I think a lot of people thought and envisioned three years ago when they were trying to narrow down an expansion team. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of emotion in the building tonight. Well, there's no question in light of uh, the the tragedy that took place uh, here in Las Vegas uh, a little bit more than a week ago now. So uh, there's no question that that's going to be a big part of tonight's event. And it's a chance for, you know, uh, this city to come together uh, in one place. And, uh, you know, as we've seen in other cities, certainly we saw it, you know, in New York after 9-11, sports does play uh, a role in helping uh, the healing process. It doesn't change things. It doesn't uh, undo the damage, the senseless damage that was done. But uh, it gives fans uh, or, you know, the community, I should say, really a community an opportunity to come together and uh, to have something to to kind of rally around. And, and it's been this town in particular, Don, because uh, they don't have a professional, you know, a high-level professional sports team. So right. uh, this is really exciting time and i know being out here at the practice rink here uh in the suburbs uh, in summerlin it's uh i mean there's a lot of cars in the parking lot there's a lot of people here today there were a lot of people here yesterday so uh you know the 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 locals here in las vegas are really excited about this team any indications on what might be part of the ceremonies tonight uh no i know there you know obviously there will be uh there'll be a significant uh memorial to uh, what happened, uh, and I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to unfold, but that is going to be a big part of things. I'm sure that the Vegas Golden Knights management group has had to change and scale back right. uh, the plans that they've had uh, leading into this, uh, and I think you know they've it, that, that's a pretty significant task. And uh, you know when I look around here, they've done I think a pretty good job of it. So we'll see how things go at the TB, T, uh, T-Mobile Arena tonight. But uh, you know the fans. You know, are excited about seeing their hockey team, which won their first two games. I mean, that's something else that that plays a part in this is that the the team came out and won two games, and Mark Andre Fleury was as advertised and was terrific, and and uh, also James Neal was able to come in and score three of their four goals and the two game winners. Nobody in the history of the league has scored the game winning goal for a franchise for the, in the first two games in a franchise's right. uh, existence. So, uh, so. The guys who are supposed to be the leaders or have been the leaders so far and talked to our buddy Johnny McLean, who is now the assistant coach with the Coyotes, who was who participated in that game against uh, the Golden Knights on uh, Saturday, and they'll be the opponent tonight. And he just says, you know, they're kind of a, an experienced, kind of a hardworking team, and they don't give you a lot, and they rely on their goalie, and that's pretty much what we thought they were going to be so we'll see how they can make out in their home opener tonight with a lot more you know the expectations have been raised and i'm sure all these players 
want to reward the fans with a victory tonight. But on the flip side, the Coyotes have lost two in a row and blown two leads in the, in the process and are probably eager to get a win themselves. Yeah, so certainly enjoy tonight. I'm sure it'll be very emotional. And then when we get to the candy store of hockey, uh, a pretty good start for this hockey team, which is always interesting. And we've been we've been doing NHL Live for a long time. I remember Jerry Brockheimer coming in. I know he was somebody that maybe thought oh, yeah. he might be able to get a team in Vegas. So this has been talked about probably for a decade. It's been a reality now for the last two, three years. And obviously what happened um, 10 days ago is still on the minds of everybody. But once we get to the hockey, I think this could be a fun thing. I think it's going to be a, a, an enjoyable experience to be around the Golden Knights here. And if they could win... And if we can see them at least be competitive, that's just going to add to the joy of it. So it should be a lot of fun tonight in Vegas for you. Yeah, well, I think it'll be a really interesting day. And uh, there's a lot of media here covering this. And uh, it'll be very uh, interesting to see how things unfold tonight, both you know in the run-up to the game and the ceremonies, and then also with the uh, with the game itself when they get going tonight. I'm sure that even though Vegas has probably a lot to offer at night, you did spend some time watching some hockey. I'm I'm assuming. Uh, I saw a little bit. <laughs> I saw a little bit. Actually, actually, I did spend some time. Uh, I did end up catching up with John McClain and, and uh, you know talking to him for a for a little bit last night because they're in town for the obviously to play tonight. So so that was uh, that was good, and it was good to see Johnny Mac doing so well. One of the real good guys. In the yeah. Team, and I'm really excited for him. To get an opportunity to get back behind the bench working Rick, with with Rick Tockett, and uh, so. Uh, so that was really, you know, a, lot, a large part of my evening last night. Yeah, and I'm sure you took a look at that Leaf Blackhawk game, which early on in the season, yeah. I thought was one of the signature games that you kind of had to watch or glance in on because Chicago off to the tremendous start. Leafs certainly a huge story. I was in Toronto on Saturday for their home opener, and there's a lot of excitement and buzz around that city. And a nice comeback for the Maple Leafs. They can flat-out score. I mean, there's no question about it. I'm sure their Achilles heel is going to be stopping goals from being scored. But that was a a fun game, and uh, both teams get a point. Toronto gets the extra point. But these are probably two of the best teams in the league right now, and that was a fun game last night. Yeah, it was. Um, You know, with with both teams coming in, having scored a total of 15 goals each (laughs) in their first two games, uh, there was the promise of – of goals being scored in this one. And, you know, it's funny. When I thought about it, I was like, well, it'll probably end up one nothing because <laughs> right. a lot of times that's what happens. But, uh, you know, they didn't disappoint. And the Toronto Maple Leafs put more than 40 shots on goal. I believe Anton Forsberg was in net for Chicago yes. getting his uh, first first uh, opportunity in goal and, and, and must have played pretty well when you think about, you know, the number of shots that the, that the Leafs got. I looked at Mike Babcock's comments after the game, and he just talked about, the fact that uh, you know they didn't play very well early in the game, but really picked it up and really pushed it, and they were able to rally from three-one down to tie things up, and then get Austin Matthews getting the game winner in overtime. And uh, you know, one other comment that that Babcock made, and I think it's something that you you probably figured was going on there. He just said like, you know, now when when a big team comes to town, a Chicago comes to town, it's not hoping we have a chance; it's feeling we have a chance. And he sensed that in the room with that team. And, uh, you know, that's a dramatic difference, and it's a culture shift. And uh, they have a lot of really talented young players. I think, you know, it's great to get off to a good start. It's a long season. Um, but that would be my – that would have been one of my, my concern for the Leafs coming into this year was that 
in year number two for a couple of these guys, would they take a step backwards? And so far, that hasn't been the case. We'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah, should be uh, a lot of fun watching both of those teams. And, of course, what Chicago's done, they're kind of laying in the weeds, certainly with a chip on their shoulder after what happened in the first round last year against Nashville. But it's early, but that was a fun game. Uh, Avalanche, too, have been quite a story. Go to Madison Square Garden, beat the Rangers. They lost to the Devils, but they bounced back at a 4 nothing shutout against Boston. And getting a chance to, to watch them last Thursday, EJ, Avalanche are getting goaltending now, and that's something they haven't done in so long. And they've got a ton of talent there, and if they can find a way to keep the puck out of the net with some quality goaltending, I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but they're much better than last year. Well, I would say this, that, uh, you know, the year that they won the Central Division and had a really terrific season when I think it was McKinnon's first season in the NHL, uh, Semyon Varlamov played out of his mind. He really should have won the Vesna Trophy. Mm-hmm. Your heck, he could have won the Hart Trophy as well. He was so good. Just go back and look at the numbers. And that was the reason the Avalanche uh, was so good that year, that and the fact that they had – you know, a couple of guys from the middle of their team. They had Ryan O'Reilly and they had Paul Stasny, who were legitimate centers. Now what they've done since those guys departed, trading O'Reilly and then Stasny leaving via free agency, is they've moved Matt Duchesne into the middle. I've always thought he was more of a winger. I think that's part of the problem with trying to trade Matt Duchesne is I think some teams see him as a center, some teams see him as a winger. Uh, that makes his value kind of uh, not, not necessarily certain all the time when you're looking to make a move. Uh, and they don't have those guys who, to me, are really legitimate centers. So I think it's a little – but they do have skilled players, like you said. They can play a fast game. Um, they have some young guys they've brought in. You know, Tyson Yost is a, is a first-round pick and is a fun player to watch. So they're a little bit of a different look in that regard this year. But they're going to go as far as their goaltending takes. Yeah. That's the kind of team they are. They're still not great in their own end. They're still vulnerable that way. They're still going to give up chances. And if – Demian Varlamov, who's had a lot of injuries and other issues over the last couple of years since that big year, if he can kind of regain his form, the Avalanche will be much more competitive this year. It is good. It is something we should note that Varlamov, I believe, is in a contract year, and that sometimes makes a difference oh, with yeah. players. So, uh, if uh, you know, like I said, if he can have a big year, then I think the Avalanche will at least be competitive, and they'll be better than they were, and we'll see what they end up doing with Matt Duchesne because, uh, you know, he's doing what I think he should do, which is come there and play and just worry about playing and let the other things take care of themselves. But, uh, you know, if, if they have some good players there, if they get good goaltending, they're going to be at least competitive, and that's a plus. Another pleasant surprise has been New Jersey. They're the one team that's beat the Avalanche. They thumped Buffalo last night, and it's about the kids, not Heischer just yet, but certainly Willie Butcher having the big game the first night. Uh, Brat with a couple of goals, so it's been a long, methodic rebuild for the Devils, but some of the younger kids that Ray Shiro's been able to get uh, have actually in the first couple of games showed some signs. Yeah, they're uh, they're moving in the right direction. Uh, you know, John Hines is right from day one wanted to play a really, and, and same with Ray, they want to be a fast team. They want to, you know, be a real team that plays with real pace. And to do that, you have to have really uh, guys who can uh, accomplish that with their with their foot speed. And I think now they have more of that in their lineup. And, uh, you know, they were able to think about the offseason. They got the first overall pick. They added Heischer. They got Will Butcher as someone that was a uh, like a free player, basically, uh, a college kid who decided not to sign in Colorado. 
he decides to sign with the Devils. So that's someone that can help him on a power play. Uh, you know, they're adding some other young players to their group. Uh, you know, Zaka's got a little bit more experience now. This Jasper Brad has just come out of the gates flying and was great, really all preseason for the Devils. So he might just be a real terrific surprise for them to have a, a big time year. So uh, some of those younger guys they've been they've been bringing along have a little more experience now. They've added a few more to the mix. And, uh, you know, they're going to be, again, it's like Colorado. I mean, if Corey Schneider, who I didn't think played very well last year and not up to his standards, Mm -hmm. Corey Schneider plays well, well, the uh, New Jersey Devils are going to have a chance to win every night. And with that uh, that youthful enthusiasm, with that speed, and they're playing that system that John Hines wants them to play, all of a sudden they're going to be a harder team to deal with. All right, before we let you go, let's go over some of um, the slower starts. San Jose, uh, Nashville. Uh, two teams still looking for their first victories. Edmonton, after a big win against the Flames, dropped consecutive games to Vancouver. Uh, and then last night to Winnipeg, two non-playoff teams from last year. Uh, any of the teams that I mentioned would you be overly concerned about? Uh, I think uh, I think San Jose off the top. I mean, I think all the three, there's, there's different concerns. I mean, Edmonton, uh, you know, it's one of those years where they had such a big year last year. Are they going to? You know, are guys a little complacent, and they're gonna—I mean—they're gonna have to address that because you know those certainly they shouldn't be losing to Vancouver, right? And uh, and uh, they should really finding a way to be more—you know—not to to lose a five-two game to the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, they—you uh, know—so I think they'll get it together. I mean, they have Connor McTavish; they have some great young players. They they'll figure it out. San Jose uh, is a little bit of a different story. Uh, they're putting the the onus of their team a little bit on on some of their younger guys. I mean, Brent Burns had an off-the-chart year last year. I think he's not anybody to worry about, but I don't know if he's going to have to score and have that kind of impact this year that he had last year. I mean, this was a great, great season for him. I mean, it, uh, you know, if he plays anywhere near that, that's that's terrific for them. Uh, and I would expect him to do that. But where else are they? You know, Joe Thornton is back, uh, had an injury at the end of last season, uh not the youngest guy anymore. You know, how much does he have left in the tank? So uh, there's some. I think there's some concerns there with the slow start for them. And, uh, you know, at Nashville, they're missing Ryan Ellis, who's an important part of their team, one of that top four group of defensemen. Uh, Nick Nino's a new player there who didn't get to play in the preseason at all, so he's trying to find his way with a new group. Uh, you know, Mike Fisher is gone, who was the captain of that team and was a real leader with their group. So they've, they've made some changes to their roster that uh, – It'll be interesting to see how things come together. But Ryan Ellis, I can't understate it. It's like those the, those four defensemen are good, and they can, if anybody can afford to lose a player of that ilk, I mean, Nashville's got uh, some significant, you know, players on defense. But uh, still, he's an important guy for that team. And uh, you know, teams that get to a Stanley Cup final and then don't win, you know, there is a little yeah. bit of a, a hangover from that we've seen in the past. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, the two games they've they've lost, they've been on the road. We'll see when they get home uh, if they can straighten things out. All right. Listen, I'll let you go. I know you got a really busy day. Enjoy the festivities, and we'll get together next week. If you want to still try to do the Monday spot with us, that would be great. But I know the fans really enjoy hearing from you. So. Yeah, once we, yeah no, that would be great, Donnie. And I love getting a chance to catch up with you and talk some hockey with you. So, um, you know, we'll figure it out. But uh, that was good last year. We're settling into the season now, so hopefully we'll be able to do it again. I don't see any reason why not. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Donnie. All right. Enjoy it. Donnie Puck. <laughs> so that's EJ Raddick. Always fun to talk uh, to EJ. Now let's hear from you at Don LeCracker, hashtag game misconduct. Now Doug sent a tweet that I really want to break down 
But I want to get more information from him because this is the tweet that he sent. In Edmonton, but have a New York City question. If the NHL went to a four-team division, who should be the fourth team, Boston or Washington? He sent me this whole graphic. I don't know where it's from of an idea. And he's got the Quebec Nordiques in this, so I'm assuming that we're talking about realignment if the Nordiques do indeed enter uh, the National Hockey League if there were to be a team that moved. And I'm just kind of taking a glance at this, and it's a whole big idea that somebody put together. So I'd like some more information, Doug, on this tweet of like where this came from. But what it's broken down in the four divisions, it's got the Metro Division with the Rangers, Islanders, Devils, and Bruins, and Atlantic Division with the Capitals, Penguins, Blue Jackets, and Flyers. And his question was, do you put the Capitals in the Atlantic Division or do you put them in the Metro Division? And the way you've got it structured here with the Rangers, Islanders, Bruins, and Devils, I think it makes sense to keep it with the Bruins because I'd love to renew the rivalry between the Bruins and the Rangers. And if you're taking the Bruins out of a division that no longer has the Canadians, the Senators, the Leafs, and the Nordiques in it, well, then it makes sense to put Boston with the Rangers to renew that rivalry. The reason why a lot of people want to keep Boston in a division, especially with Montreal and Toronto, is to keep that rivalry alive. Now, the way this whole alignment has a Canadian two divisions, where the Canadian East of Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, and Quebec, and then a Canadian West with Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Since Boston can't be in that division, I think it makes more sense for Boston to stay in the Metro. What I want to find out from you, Doug, as I bring this in, is where all this idea is coming from and where this graphic came from, because I love the idea. And there's more to get into it, but I want a little bit more information. But since Doug had just tweeted that and I wanted to jump uh, on board with that, it was kind of interesting. I would like to see a reconfiguration of the divisions if the Nordiques do come back. And I think that would be great. Now, if that's the 32nd NHL team, if they get an expansion team and not another team relocating, that could be interesting. But I'm just looking for a little bit more information. Love the fact that we've got a fan from Edmonton. Uh, Jay uh, Grow says, uh, hi, Don, are the Sharks really this bad, or do you think it's too early to tell? Well, we just heard from EJ, probably a little too early to tell at this point. But I was concerned about the Sharks going in. They lose Marlowe, Thornton getting a little bit older. We had mentioned that we're going to need big-time performances from Logan Couture and Joe Pavelski to kind of compensate that. I do like their goaltending and their blue line, but that's a very competitive division. They are getting a little bit older, and... Again, you're two years removed from losing in the Stanley Cup final, but you barely made the playoffs last year. looks like it's going to be a very uh, tough uh, struggle. Still very early, but I'm not overly surprised that they're having a bit of a problem. Uh, Zachary says, why trade Stepan for D'Angelo and sign Smith if they're just going to be benched? Disconnect between A.V. and Gordon. No. What this is is that you knew D'Angelo was going to be a little bit of a project. He's a young kid. It's on the players to perform. And if you're not going to perform, you're not going to play. So, listen, they traded Stepan because they felt that they can get better on the blue line. They signed Smith to a long-term contract because Smith performed so well last year. But you just can't give these guys the ice time if they're not performing. You have Camper who had a good camp. You've got Holden, who had a good year last year. So what A.V. is doing is playing the guys that deserve to play organizations can't get caught up in, well, we made an investment in a guy, so we've got to lose games to prove that he belongs on the team. You've got depth on defense. 
D'Angelo not playing well, only played three minutes and 45 seconds in a 7-D process on Sunday because he didn't deserve more playing time. And Smith got benched because Holden deserved to play. Smith didn't have a great camp. Holden was a little uh, sick. Otherwise, he probably would have played earlier. Hey, it's a competitive league here. The Rangers are trying to win games. So when you talk about why make that deal, I'm not going to make judgments on three games. But I like the fact that the Rangers are being aggressive, saying, hey, if you're not if you're not playing well, you're not going to play. And Heedle was on the team because he had such a great camp, so he deserved a chance to be with the big club. But he deserved to be a healthy scratch on Sunday because he didn't play well in the first two games. It's a big boy league now. So I don't think there's a disconnect between Gordon and A.V. I think Gordon understands. I get you to players, A.V., you play them the way you feel that you should play them. If they don't deserve the play, they don't deserve the play. Brett Lutstick says, Vegas will have no ads on boards tonight, only Vegas strong. Pretty cool. Rangers need good start against the Blues tonight. They'll take on the St. Louis Blues. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But that's why I wanted to have E.J. on not just because of his hockey knowledge, but just kind of kind of sense of what's happening there in Vegas. Listen, Vegas has done everything right from the start. By the hiring of McPhee and Gallant to who they selected in the expansion draft, how they went about it, the trades that they made to stockpile picks, uh, the decision to stand behind the Dallas, uh, but behind um, with the, with the uh, lineup where Dallas was behind Vegas. I mean, that whole thing, that was a Dallas idea, but, you know, Vegas was on board with it. The way that they've been using uh, social media, I think everything that Vegas has done has been terrific. Not not only the fact that they've won their first two games and getting a chance to play the Coyotes to jump out to a 3-0 start tonight. Tremendous, tremendous job by everyone involved here with Vegas, and I, and I hope they do well. Liam says, do you know... Do AHL games count against nine games before uh, Heedle and ELC kicks in? I believe it's just NHL. I mean, I could double-check that. I wish I still had EJ. But to me, I think it's just about the NHL games. So if Heedle plays more than nine games, then he's here. I don't believe that that includes AHL games. A guy who I had a chance to meet uh, the other day, Says, I'm happy Rangers salvaged the weekend with a win over Montreal. Sorry, Nancy. Of course, that's my wife, who's a big Canadians fan. Hank needs to play. Worry about the rest uh, at Christmas. I agree. Hank plays. I wasn't surprised he bounced back from that tremendous, uh, uh, with that tremendous performance on Sunday with the uh, 30 plus saves after getting pulled on Saturday. Hank's going to get his moments. Rangers just have to find their legs here. I wouldn't get overly concerned about any of these teams off to a slow start. A guy also says Rangers uh, Blues should be good. Forwards need to back check and D needs to stand up at the blue line. So love the guy, fact the guy's coaching. John Tortorella wouldn't appreciate that, but I do. Uh, Ryan says opening weekend for the Islanders 1 1 and 1. Not bad, even with the core lots of new parts once they gel watch out yeah i thought they bounced back nicely after getting thumped by columbus uh they hung in the game against st louis they fought back from two nothing down i know a lot of islander fans getting on me that he didn't make the playoffs but still a work in progress there with them but if the goaltending holds up i think they can be fine uh captain turtle says are the leafs a serious cup contender just two years after finishing last in the east or do they still need time to grow? P.S. Huge Ranger fan and think you are one of the best play-by-play announcers around. Well, Captain Turtle, I do appreciate that. Uh, they are a cup contender, but that goaltending in that blue line is going to scare me. I was talking to Dan Rosen from NHL.com at the game on Sunday, and we were just discussing the fact that I was in Toronto the day before. And my assessment, and he agreed, is that the Leafs' D 
all they think about is offense. Zaitsev, Gardner, uh, Riley, these guys pinch because I think they realize the best defense is a good offense. But when you get into the playoffs and you want to make a run, they're, they're going to have to get better defensively. They're going to need to clamp down. They've got one of the best coaches in hockey and Mike Babcock. I think they'll figure it out. I don't think it's going to happen this year. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Can they get through Pittsburgh and the Washingtons and the Ottawas and the teams that are looked upon as maybe cup contenders in the East? But to me, I think that they're in the conversation. they just got to clean things up defensively because I do think they give up way too many goals and way too many opportunities. And they don't. Frederick Anderson's not the kind of goaltender that's in the elite category. We can handle that kind of offense night in and night out. Uh, Ron Pizza says, um, Devils playing great over the first two games, fast attacking and disciplined, early injuries are concerned. Biggest challenge tomorrow in Toronto. How do they match up? Consistency will be tested. And sure it is. That's We just explained. Toronto's just an amazing offensive team. Uh, the Devils are a much faster team than they've been in, in a few years. You like Butcher. You like Heischer. You like Zaka. Uh, we're getting a chance to see this kid Pratt for the first time, and Pratt looks like he's a really good player. Um, how does Corey Schneider play? I mean, Corey Schneider's got to kind of hold that team in there. Toronto's a handful for sure, but that is a good early test. They played an Avalanche team that had 48 points last year, but the Avalanche are two and one. The Avalanche have won in Boston and at Madison Square Garden, but they couldn't win in Newark. So that's a good win for uh, the uh, New Jersey Devils. And you know Buffalo's obviously going through some times here with Bill Housley. Kane does have four goals, but it looks like Buffalo's going through a little bit of a transition here as they start the year uh, 0-2-1. But give the Devils credit. They got off to a fast start last year, if you remember, and they couldn't sustain it. So we'll see. That's going to be a pretty good test for them coming up, uh, I believe it's tomorrow. Ross Chaplin says, best goal of the new season for me, it's OV spin and shoot versus the Habs. Yeah, that's got to be up there. Any one of his seven goals have been spectacular. I thought the McDavid goal against Calgary to make it 2 nothing, where he just looked like he was shot out of a cannon. One of the better goals for me, too. That was tremendous. I just went, I jumped out of my seat when I saw it. That's how good I thought it was. So that those are a couple of goals. Ovi did get held off the board. And it was a tough loss for Washington. They had control of that game against Tampa for most of the way, and they ended up losing the game in overtime, but they do earn a point. Uh, let's see. Nelson Johnson says, Ranger fan, I do, uh, do you think Holden is dealt? Does uh, Heedle stay? I think Heedle is going to go. I think he won't make it to the nine. Holden being dealt? Well, right now... Holden is in that conversation with Kempfer and now Smith in a bit of a rotation with D'Angelo. Eventually, you're not going to keep eight defensemen, so I would think likely Holden could be trade bait. We'll see. A little bit too early. Just when you think you have too many defensemen, somebody gets hurt. I want to see what happens with D'Angelo here because he might get sent down. Um, But there's always the possibility that a D-man can get dealt. Although watching and dealing with the Rangers over the last decade, it does seem like they go through a lot of defense because injuries do happen. I mean, Girardi's gone now. Stahl is the elder statesman, so it's not like they have older defensemen where injuries could be a bit of a problem. But I do sometimes enjoy having extra defensemen around, especially veterans. Uh, Matt Williams says, thoughts on the Kings 2-0 start? I'm a little bit surprised by it. Um, now, obviously, they have a lot of talent, but I didn't think that this was a team. Obviously, you make a change with the coach and Stevens, 
and not, you know, very early on, not having watched a lot of Kings hockey, sometimes by making the coaching change, there is a little bit of a spur. We know they have the talent there, and maybe they push the right buttons by making the change, getting rid of Sutter and bringing Stevens in. So we'll keep an eye on the Los Angeles Kings and to see if they can maintain the start. So let's take a look at the games on tonight's schedule before we say goodbye. And a pretty good night of hockey. Blues and the Rangers. I'll be at Madison Square Garden for that one. Uh, Blues off to a pretty uh, good start at 3-0, and and that was a nice win in Brooklyn. So they got a little bit of rest because they played early yesterday, but it is the second of back-to-backs. Rangers haven't played since Sunday. And remember, the Rangers finally getting a win at Madison Square Garden. That was a struggle at the end of last year, so Rangers get a chance to get back to 500 before playing back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday against the Blue Jackets in Columbus and then home against the Devils. I'll be on the call for both of those. Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets. Good Metropolitan Division matchup. Hurricanes got off to a good start. Blues kind of up and down with their 1-1. One and one. Blackhawks and Canadians. Canadians need to take advantage of a Chicago team that had an emotional game, uh, losing in overtime to Toronto. Montreal still just does not look right to me. they got a lot of kids playing in the lineup right now, looking for some offense. They got shut out. That should be a good original six matchup. Uh, Flyers continuing this road trip now in Nashville against the Predators. Now is the time to get the Predators. Eventually, they're going to get their sea legs back. So if you're going to beat the Predators, now is the time. And we'll see if Philadelphia, uh, doing a good job winning two out of the three games out west, can get it done uh, before they return home. Uh, Red Wings and the Stars. Stars are disappointing 0-2 with a lot of expectations. I'm shocked Detroit's 2-0. But that's going to be a tough spot for the Red Wings tonight going to Dallas. I'm looking for the Dallas Stars to get their first win. Senators and Canucks. Canucks have played one game, but it's a win against Edmonton. So they're looking to surprise as well. And all eyes will be on Vegas tonight. First professional sports franchise out of the uh, four sports to have a franchise in Vegas. The emotion of the tragedy that happened last week. Golden Knights trying to go 3-0 and against the Coyotes team that has earned just one point. But they've been spunky. they got a lot of good young kids on that team. A fun team to watch. I'm going to enjoy that game 10 o'clock face-off Eastern time. Well, thanks to EJ Raddick for joining us today. Again, we'll be back again tomorrow, recap the games, preview the games coming up on Wednesday. But again, the interaction's important. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Always good to hear from you. You guys are doing a great job tweeting throughout the day. Try to get as many tweets in as possible. Questions, comments, criticisms, they all come my way. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Enjoy the games tonight. This has been the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.